Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. Today we have our usual Friday update on grain markets for the week, and they are moving up again. We have a feature on a food grains bank project in southwestern Saskatchewan. Real Agriculture talks about Colorado's Paws Act of Animal Protection. We have a feature from a recent North American trade conference. And efforts to control African swine fever and keep the deadly disease out of North America. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain. Helping growers contract any type of grain. Call 1-800-324-7778. And Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306-721-6667. Grain prices continue an upward spiral this week. PI Financial Commodity Futures Advisor Adam Pacallo says canola is up $30 a ton this week, while wheat has gained $0.09 a bushel. Well, Jim, starting off on the canola front, July canola increased approximately $30 a ton here this week. So another uh, strong week actually breaking to, to new contract highs here today. On the wheat front, July Minneapolis wheat increased approximately $0.09 cents for the week. Very strong month so far. July Minneapolis wheat is up approximately $0.60, cents, so definitely at some new highs. Uh, when it comes to wheat, you know, it's pretty dry in the Dakotas and cold weather for kind of the plains. There's some issues in Europe, so there's definitely solid support for wheat, it seems, right now, and it could continue until there's really you know a better rain in the forecast for the northern plains so that's one thing i'm definitely seeing is is funds are kind of buying the weather right now on the wheat market you said canola's up thirty dollars for the week what's canola up for the month on the canola july canola that's kind of more than nearby here on the month we're still up about 70 about 67 dollars a ton here now on the month for canola so definitely supported here as well the soy markets in particular today and this week have been starting to move higher soybean oil in particular has been looking like it wants to retest some of the highs that it made back in kind of later march so that's definitely supporting things there Beans just seem to have the fundamentals to keep moving higher. And I think that's one factor that's driving canola prices up, obviously, as well, too, some of the weather we're having here in Canada. 
So wheat is a weather market for sure, and you're saying canola, that's likely the main reason canola is also on the rise? Well, when it comes to canola, again, there's a few different factors that definitely are kind of playing is, you know, the supply that is currently here, but as well as as I mentioned, kind of the soy markets are turning higher and the soy markets are a little bit on kind of the weather side of things. So that's definitely a driver for canola. So the outlook next week and beyond? Well, on the wheat front, we'll see if the trend continues higher and same with really on the canola front. Both co- both commodities are, are breaking to kind of some new recent highs here and farmers should be happy with the, the higher prices. I've been discussing strategies on protecting new crop depending on, you know, how comfortable farmers are actually forward pricing, you know, or using maybe options or futures to protect on paper. Definitely, you know, if there's strategies to be looking at doing something with these higher prices. Adam Picallo is a commodity future advisor with PI Financial. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. Grow Hope Saskatchewan is returning for its fourth year. The charitable project supports people around the world with emergency food supplies and long-term food security. Grow Hope Saskatchewan is a joint project involving the Mennonite Centre Committee, the Roman Catholic Diocese of Saskatoon, and the Canadian Food Grains Bank. It's a creative way to address global hunger. Urban residents can sponsor one acre of land in a growing project in rural Saskatchewan. The $300 helps cover the cost of seed, fertilizer, fuel, and other inputs. There were 305 acres last year that generated $636,000, once you include the 4-to-1 matching grants from the Government of Canada. One of the Grow Hope projects is located in the Herbert area, a little more than half an hour northeast of Swift Current. Dan Seabart and his wife Carol are retired farmers, and 125 acres of their land is part of the Grow Hope project. I've known about uh, Canadian Food Grains Bank and about the need in the world. I do work uh, with MCC as a volunteer, and I've been to several different countries in the world and seen uh, hunger myself, and so I have a desire to help these people in some way. Seabart has visited several continents. I've been to Colombia, to uh, South Africa and Lesotho, to Ukraine, to North Korea, Israel, Mexico. (laughs) Seabart explains what he saw. What goes through my mind is that we have it very, very good here. When I see the need in other places, I just can't say that this is all for me or myself or my family or it's got to be bigger than that. You know, in the earlier years, we couldn't afford to help that much. But now when we can, uh, we sure like to. Seabard talks about last year's project. We had 125 acres of canola. Uh, We had an especially good year. And uh, so we averaged 47 bushels to the acre. And... uh, had a very good crop and a lot of people helped too. Seabard says weather was an important factor in last year's crop. We had good rains, a good, a, a good farmer that uh, planted the crop well, uh, there was good germination, good rains, uh, fertilized well and we had people donating money for seed and fertilizer and uh, things like that and so we could donate the whole crop to Food Grains Bank. Seabart retired a year ago and says a neighbor worked the land. His name is uh, Sean Holfeld. 
and his wife Sarah. They have rented most of our land and they rent other people's land as well. They are just 100% with us in this and uh, want to do what they can. It's something that's bigger than us. His neighbor donated labor, machinery, and fuel. Well, all of the inputs were covered by donations other than his fuel and, uh, and the work. We didn't require the $300 per acre that is suggested. So not all the acres were covered, but we still had enough to cover the input costs. The federal government provides grants on a four-to-one basis. So the money from the crop plus the input costs that people paid for came out to over $66,000 last year, and then that is uh, matched by the Canadian government. So his project provides $250,000 for the Food Grains Bank. His plans for this year? Well, we're growing Durham this year. I have a crop rotation on most of my farm where we do cereal, pulse cereal oil. And so we've had cereal oil, now it's back to cereal again. And so it's Durham and uh, we hope we get a good crop of Durham. So far, Seabart says moisture conditions are good with recent snowfall. He expects seeding to start in about one week or so. Dan Seabart is a retired farmer in the Herbert area. He and his neighbor, Sean Holfeld, are participating for a second year in the Grow Hope Saskatchewan program. More information is available online at www.growhopesk.ca. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Sean Haney here with RealAgriculture.com and Real Ag Radio, Rural Radio 147, Sirius XM. Joined right now by the editor of Drovers, it is Greg Henderson. Greg, how are you? Good morning. I'm I'm great. How are you, Sean? Hey, I'm doing fantastic. So, Greg, I'm interested in what is going on in the state of Colorado. When when I when I think of Colorado, I think of beautiful landscapes. It reminds me a lot of Alberta. There's a significant livestock and farming industry in the state. Uh, Governor Polis, who who is Democrat, he has brought forward uh, the potential of something called the Pause Act. That really, I think, is getting some attentions inside the farming community. What is the Pause Act? Just briefly, the now, now the governor did not introduce the Pause Act, okay? But some of the governor's previous actions have spawned the introduction of the Pause Act. And let me explain. So, the Pause Act is protect animals from unnecessary suffering and exploitation. So, this is a proposal that could get on the ballot as an initiative in 2022. And it's brought forward by some uh, pretty radical uh, anti-animal, anti-agriculture groups that are pro-animal welfare and so forth. And when I say the governor is a little responsible, so he has, you know, as has been reported, he, supported meat out day uh in in colorado and it declared made that declaration which was the first day of spring and and um uh, his spouse is uh a vegetarian so we know they 
probably lean that direction. And that has encouraged some of these radical groups to come to Colorado and try to advance their agenda. So they introduced this PAWS Act, again, protect animals from unnecessary suffering and exploitation. And if it makes it onto the ballot, and if it's approved, the PAWS Act would uh, redefine animal abuse, and it would declare as uh, illegal sex acts on an animal if you use artificial insemination, embryo transfer, uh, do bull soundness exams, for example. Some some things that we, you know, that are generally uh, perceived as, as uh, modern agriculture production uh, things, declare those in, in, in illegal. So that's the, the gist of it. And really a, a, an uneducated, unrealistic way to try and undermine agriculture in Colorado. Now, to his credit, Governor Polis has denounced the PAWS Act and, according to his spokesman, does not support it. But it is, uh, we can say that his previous actions has encouraged uh, these radical groups to come to Colorado and basically make mischief. That, that first day of spring when he when Governor Polis encouraged uh, Coloradoans not to consume meat, I remember Governor Ricketts out of Nebraska said, this is, I can't remember what he called it, but he encouraged people to eat meat on the same day. It was a bit of a governor's going back and forth. Uh, in, in- many, many cattlemen's groups had uh, meat in day and encouraged people to eat more uh, beef. But uh, another, Sean, another thing about the Paws Act that is just unimaginable is that if it's approved, uh, it would require that animals be allowed to live one quarter of their natural lifespan. And they've determined that cow's natural lifespan is 20 years. So any steer or heifer that goes to slaughter must be five years old if this this is approved, okay? So can you imagine if suddenly we're all eating five-year-old steaks instead of, you know, 18, 20-month-old steaks? Uh, That changes the dynamic in terms of quality of, of beef. Certainly, and not to mention the economics involved in in raising animals for five years instead of you know twenty twenty four months. This has been your Real Agriculture update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agro weather forecast on the Source six twenty CKRM. The official six twenty CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at three five two eighteen sixty six. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit the Today, sunny sky, high eight degrees, winds up to fifteen kilometers per hour. The low minus seven. Tomorrow, increasing cloudiness, wind west twenty, the high ten degrees. Forty percent chance of evening rain showers or flurries. The low minus two. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high plus one, the low minus nine. 
Monday, partly cloudy, the high plus 2, the low minus 7. Tuesday, sunny, the high plus 6, the low minus 4. Wednesday, partly cloudy, the high 11 degrees, the low minus 4. Thursday, partly cloudy, and the high 7 degrees. Normal high for this date, 13 degrees. The normal low is minus 2. The sun rose at 6.02 this morning. It sets at 7.54 tonight. And around the province, in Estevan, it's plus 2. Saskatoon is 11 degrees. Swift Current, 10. Weyburn, 0. Yorkton is plus 7. In Regina, with sunny skies, it's 2 degrees. That's 36 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the southwest at 10. Humidity is 88%. The barometer rising, 102.9. Sunny in Moose Jaw, 6 degrees. Winds are from the south at 3. Once again, Regina, sunny in 2. That's 36 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. An important group of specialists on trade and climate gathered together recently for a two-day virtual conference. It was hosted by the Canadian Agri-Food Policy Institute. The director of the Trade and NAFTA office at the Mexican Embassy in the United States promoted a concept of Buy North America. Here's Ken Smith-Ramos. I think that the concern over the last few years has been with the growing economic nationalism. This is not something that's just uh, happening in the U.S. It's happening everywhere and getting exacerbated because of the economic crisis caused by the COVID crisis. So countries tend to look inward and to try to protect themselves. And many times that protection translates into uh, trade protectionism, which in reality, as we have seen throughout history, only exacerbates the crisis even, even further. So uh, I think when we talk about economic nationalism, th- there is a concern, I think, in Mexico that despite uh, the Trump administration's departure, you know, there's a lot of people in the U.S. that 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 believe that uh, the U.S. is losing out in uh, from globalization. And there's this perception that by trying to force investment to, to stay in the U.S., uh, you know, for companies not to leave and invest elsewhere, that uh, that, that is something that is positive for the, the U.S. economy. Now, I think that one of the tasks, and, and the USMCA helps towards this, is for the three governments to sit down and really start looking at our region as an economic block, right? It's a single uh, production perimeter where by virtue of producing together all three countries, we uh, we reduce costs, we increase quality, and we're able to compete efficiently with the rest of the world. So looking a little bit at the concept that... Uh, that Darcy's mentioning, I think is very good, the concept of buy North American, right? I mean, there's enormous benefits to be had when a U.S. company invests in Mexico, uh, follows the USMCA rules and guidelines, including all of the elements of, uh, of environmental protection, worker rights protections, et cetera, standards, et cetera, and exports to the rest of the world. When a company uh, 
that in, from the U.S. that invest in Mexico exports to the rest of the world, 40% of the content comes from the U.S., right? So when Mexico exports, in fact, the U.S. is exporting as well. And, uh, and throughout North America, uh, salaries in export-oriented uh, uh, jobs are higher than in the rest of the economy. In the case of Mexico, it, it's almost 40% higher than the salaries in the rest of the economy. So really looking at the concept of buy North American uh, and uh, anchored on the standards and the rules that are established in the USMCA is really the way to go. That's Ken Smith-Ramos, the director of the Trade and NAFTA office at the Mexican Embassy in the United States. He spoke recently at a virtual trade conference hosted by the Canadian Agri-Food Policy Institute. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And by Canadian AgriBlend. Ask for the livestock products at your feed dealer or for a feed dealer near you. Call 1-800-340-2311. North America is free of African swine fever and pork producers want to keep it that way. Some animal rescue organizations have been shipping dogs to the United States to save them from the meat trade in China. Dr. Paul Sundberg is the executive director of the Swine Health Information Center. While not opposing the dog rescues, he says there has to be improved oversight. There are organizations that are well-meaning and working very fine in trying to rescue dogs from markets in China. And there's no problem with that. The intent is good. The issue is, though, that what we found out is these dogs sometimes are coming into the United States almost without regulation. And that's an almost because they're supposed to have their certificate of veterinary inspection that's along with them. But sometimes the dogs get moved such that even the state animal health officials haven't been aware of their movement. While the dogs may not be a high risk, Dr. Sundberg says any material that comes with them needs to be monitored. It's possible that the dogs may have some contamination on their fur or on their skin, and and that's fine. But what we're really concerned about is the opportunity for African swine fever or other diseases from China gaining entry into the U.S. via the bedding or the food or the crates that those dogs are shipped in. We don't have any control yet over what happens to those. And that's our concern. It's not really the concern about the dogs. It's a concern about the way that they are shipped over here and what happens to those materials once it gets here. African swine fever is not the only disease that could come in from China. There's classical swine fever, there is uh, pseudorabies, there's foot and mouth disease, and you can go on with other non-regulatory diseases that may be imported and may be a risk. Our issue is that we want to make sure that we close every window possible that could allow some transboundary foreign disease to gain entry into North America. This has come up as one that is most probably low risk. I won't say that this is a high risk or the highest one that there is, but it is one. The bedding that these dogs could come in with or the crates or the food, the materials that that accompany these dogs have the possibility of being contaminated and providing an entry pathway into the U.S. 
Dr. Paul Sundberg is the executive director of the Swine Health Information Center. The Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture is holding weekly webinars this month to discuss mental health on the farm. The webinars are designed to provide a brief overview of mental health, techniques to identify warning signs, and strategies to make positive changes for farmers and others. The presentation is from the Agricultural Health and Safety Network and Bridges Health, noting farmers are facing tremendous pressures in 2021. Webinar, next one to be held April 21st from 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. And another one on April 28th, 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. Farmers can register on the Saskatchewan Agriculture website or contact the Agriculture Knowledge Centre in Moose Jaw at 1-866-457-2377. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. And brought to you by Sask Pork. Saskatchewan's growing and vibrant hog industry creates economic spin-offs and career opportunities in our rural communities. Find out more, visit saskpork.com. Grain prices were mixed in early trading today. Canola rose $11.40 at 707 47. Flax gained $19.68 at 697.63. Number one red spring wheat went down 69 cents at 289.05. The rest were unchanged. Durham $314.16. Feed barley 267.68. Lentils $672.50. Oats $209.53. Yellow peas $383.70. And feed wheat $238.84. The Minneapolis spring wheat May futures are up three and a half cents at six dollars sixty six cents, three quarter cents a bushel. It's the livestock reports on the source six twenty CKRM. When I gave the farm weather at the bottom of the hour, I forgot to give the hot spot and cold spot. The hot spot is Maple Leak, Maple Meadow Lake. Pardon me, Meadow Lake at 14 degrees this hour. Cold spot, Bratz Lake at minus 3. Time now for the Livestock Quotes, brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. Now the latest Livestock Quotes. This is Graham Barnett with the Market Report. Heartland Livestock here in Moose Jaw. Just over 1,000 at our Tuesday pre-sort. Another 200 cattle on offer at our regular sale on Thursday. These light cattle, they continue to sell strong. The good top-end replacement heifers from 750 to 900 pounds. They bring from 14 and a quarter to 1525 bucks sales right up to 1575 on these red semental cross heifers which were the flavor of the day the good cows 89 to 96 sales to a buck two medium hay fed cows 80 to 90 bucks the next pre-sorted yearling sale is tuesday april 27th with replacement quality heifers on offer cows and bulls are selling every thursday morning this is grant barnett reporting let's have one great afternoon and now the latest saskatchewan pork prices 24 to 238 per ckg. Today's sales are expected to be around 5,000 head, selling a range of 226 to 241 per ckg. 100 index hog prices for the weekend, Saturday, April 17th, are Ole West 2020 contract, 229.10, Ole West 2021 contract, 236.80, Maple Leaf Sig 4, 223.79, Ham's Cash, 221.79, Thunder Creek Burkle, 219.63, and High Life Cash, $238.61 per CKG.
Ham's number one sows this week are selling the range of 70 to 77 cents per pound live weight. Ham's cash hog price today is mixed, and forward contract prices open mixed this morning. On Thursday, the Canadian dollar is up two basis points, with the daily exchange rate at 1.2530. The Canadian dollar is currently trading at 80 cents U.S. Daily U.S. cash markets continue to climb incrementally higher, and all regional base prices are over $100 U.S. 100 weight. Weekly reference pricing is also over $100 in all regions, and it will be the first time all regional weekly prices will be over $100 since 2014. Lean Hog Futures saw follow-through selling at this morning's open, but are trading mixed and moving into a sideways pattern through mid-trade. The futures market has seen some pressure this week in moves that have been highly speculated upon, but appears to have been technical in the early part of the week and more fundamentally speculative after the release of the weekly export sales report yesterday that showed less new net sales than expectations. While domestic demand remains strong, the market will be sensitive to export data and any sustained weakness could trigger more selling. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by the Prairie Co-op Grow Team, fueling farms, feeding families in Cupar, Ituna, Lipton, and Strasburg, and SMHI. Farmers, get your hail insurance coverage with Municipal Hail at an RM office or direct online. Farmers insuring farmers, municipalhail.ca. The Saskatchewan government is providing support for the outfitting and ecotourism industry because of challenges from the pandemic. Outfitters lost more than $88 million in revenue last year due to cancellations and reduced demand. Support measures include no outfitting license fees for those who do not operate in 2021. Outfitters retain the right to a license in 2022. Reducing fees for those who do operate this year to $20 for each license, endorsement, day-use lake fee, and outcamp fee. And no cost for outfitters and ecotourism operators with Crown Resource Land leases or permits. Outfitters who do not wish to be licensed for the coming year must notify the ministry in writing by June 1st. SAS Power has announced a $300 million refurbishment of the Nipawin Hydroelectric Power Station. The station was nearing the end of its operational life, and the rebuild will give the plant at least 50 more years of renewable power generation for Saskatchewan. The plant generates 289 megawatts of baseload electricity. So far, $95 million has been spent on the project, which is expected to run until spring 2025. On the markets, the TSX is up 7 points at 19,329. The Dow has risen 80 points at 34,116. Oil is down 22 cents at 63.29 a barrel. The Canadian dollar is up 27 one-hundredths of a cent at 79.95 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the on-demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. ARM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.